Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, and your host for the program. This is episode 28, being brought to you today by DraftKings Sportsbook. Basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. Now, while some teams are locks to make the playoffs, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, which, by the way, is America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team to win their next game, and if during that game the team of your choosing hits a three, you bring home $100 in free bets. That's 100 to 1 odds on the team of your choosing to hit a three, and they don't even have to win the game. This year, teams have been hitting threes at an unprecedented pace, so get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook before this offer ends. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code TBPN to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Well, what's going on on the Grizz Weekly Grind? This is episode 28, and uh, we've got a couple of good interviews for you. Of course, we'll always start with that was the week that was. A couple of games. To recap for you, Grizzlies coming back off their four-game road trip and their first home game back against the Indiana Pacers. We'll recap that. A couple of Petey's points as per usual, and we've got an edition of 901 Knowledge today. We change sports a little bit, and we visit with Ben Pierman, recently announced as the head coach of Memphis 901 FC of the United Soccer League. He was the assistant coach under Tim Mulqueen, and when Tim was dismissed, Ben took over the club for the final three matches of the season and they went two and one in those three matches and then our friend of the program we welcome back Mike Breen it's part two of our conversation as we continue to talk about the NBA and uh, some of the trends and some of the things that are going on in the NBA and we also talk about our bucket list uh, in terms of analysts with whom we would like to work Uh, Mike's worked with some of the best in the industry but there are some people he has yet to work with and would like to and uh, also in part of that interview I share my analyst bucket list. So that's what we've got going on today in episode 28 of the Grizz Weekly Grind. But as per usual, we will start with that was the week that was. Grizzlies wrapping up a four-game road trip at New York at the world's most famous arena. And the Grizzlies came in playing really, really good basketball. And they started this game playing really good basketball. They were up 35-23 after one quarter. Grizzlies really seem to have this ball game pretty much in hand. But the issue for the Grizzlies, uh, defense started to soften in the fourth quarter. Also, the inability to make free throws in this game. I mean, the Grizzlies got to the line 34 times, but made just 21 for 62%, well below their seasonal average. Meanwhile, the Knicks shot well above their seasonal average percentage from the free throw line they cashed 29 of 33 Grizzlies end up losing this game 133 to 129 against the New York Knicks and the Knicks got fabulous performances off the bench Derek Rose a turn back the clock type effort with 19 points Alec Burks with 19 and you'll remember last year as a member of the Golden State Warriors he was really good against the Grizzlies real revelation by the rookie Emmanuel Quickly who dropped in 20 points, hit four of six from three, 
And despite the fact that the Grizzlies shot 50% from the floor uh, and got 18 points off of New York turnovers and 64 paint points, Grizzlies lose the basketball game simply because they did not make their free throws. If they make free throws down the stretch, the game does not even get into overtime. And John Moran actually had a really good look at the end of regulation, which had it gone down, uh, the Grizzlies would have swept the road trip. Uh, and that would have been, obviously, uh, a great feather in their cap. They get 26 from John Morant, 23 from Dylan Brooks, and uh, a ho-hum 2014 double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. But the Grizzlies bench did not uh, did not come up very big, with the exception of Desmond Bain, who went for double figures in three of the four games on the road trip, 16 points and five boards for Desmond Bain. Grizzlies come back home for a Sunday night matchup with the Indiana Pacers. Pacers had started to get some things in order. They had won two in a row in three of their last four. Pacers had not won three straight since opening the season three and oh. Uh, Pacers got off and they scored a season best 45 points in the first quarter. It was 45-31 after one quarter and this one looked like it was going to get out of hand early. Pacers would eventually build an 18-point lead but the Grizzlies climbed their way back into this one. Uh, Finally, we were able to shut down the dribble penetration of Indiana somewhat. Monster game from Jonas Valanciunas. He tied his career high with 34 points, also had 22 rebounds in this game. Miranda, solid game with 23 points and six assists. But Karis Levert, his three highest scoring games this season, all against the Grizzlies, two with Brooklyn, and then a 34-point effort on Sunday night against the Grizzlies. Malcolm Brogdon, 29 points, 11 assists. He was a rebound shy of a triple-double. DeMontis Sabonis was an assist shy of a triple-double. He went for 18-15 and 15 despite playing just under 30 minutes because he was saddled with fouls for most of the night. But Indiana, for the second time in as many games, goes wire to wire against the Grizzlies in the game in Indiana. Indiana never trailed, uh, and they never tied that game. Uh, there were two ties in the Sunday game, but other than that, Indiana led it the entire way by as many as 18. Grizzlies have now dropped two in a row, and they fall to 26 and 25. Pacers improved to 25 and 27 on the season. And that was... The week that was. And now for some PD's points. Number one is the dribble penetration defense for the Grizzlies has not been particularly good. Now they have gone to zone from time to time. Taylor Jenkins employed the zone against Indiana and it helped the Grizzlies get back in the game because um, Indiana just got downhill at will on Sunday against the Grizzlies. Uh, the Pacers put in 70 paint points. And oh, by the way, the Grizzlies had a franchise record 88 paint points and an unbelievable 30 second chance points uh, in that ball game against Indiana. But dribble penetration and preventing it has been an issue for the Grizzlies. It was an issue in the fourth quarter in New York. It was an issue for the greater majority of the game against the Indiana Pacers, which brings me to my second Petey's point. And I wonder if the lack of DeAnthony Melton and Justice Winslow has any impact on this. I mean, DeAnthony Melton has one of the better defensive ratings on the team. We know that Justice Winslow is a rugged defender. These two guys have missed time, and I'm wondering if maybe maybe their absence has been part of the reason why other teams have been able to get to the rim at will and get pretty much whatever shot they have wanted. Um, you know, you look at it, the Knicks shoot 47%, and Indiana shoots 53%. Uh, and both of them doing big business in the paint. So uh, not sure when DeAnthony Melton will come back. Taylor Jenkins in his pregame media availability on Sunday indicated that DeAnthony was having some pain management issues, and uh, that was keeping him out. Justice Winslow, the hope is that he would be back at the end of the week when the Grizzlies start that seven-game road trip uh, in Chicago. And then finally, one of the things that 
is hurting the Grizzlies right now, particularly over the last two games. They're shooting just 64% from the free throw line. For the first half of the season, the big issue for the Grizzlies was just getting to the free throw line. And now they're getting to the free throw line with, with a fair amount of regularity, and that includes John Morant. Morant is starting to get some of the calls that maybe he wasn't getting earlier in the season. And when you look at the number of free throw attempts per game, he is in the top 20 of free throw attempts per game. So he is getting to the free throw line. But in New York, he was only 4 of 8 from the free throw line and then 7 of 11 against the Indiana Pacers. And the Grizzlies, as I said, as a team, uh, the last two games are shooting 64%, 62% against New York and then just 13 of 19 for 68% against the Indiana Pacers. And, you know, frankly, if you're going to win close games, if you're going to win clutch games, and both of these games... Uh, were considered clutch games with the margin within uh, five points in the final five minutes of the game. Grizzlies were not able to put either one, pull either one out. Free throw shooting, uh, not the root cause of the Indiana loss, but I think you could certainly hang the uh, Knicks loss on the Grizzlies' poor free throw shooting, particularly down the stretch, and particularly the way that the Knicks were perfect from the free throw line in the fourth quarter. So those are the PD's points for today. Uh, Hopefully the Grizzlies will get their defensive house in order they are playing a Monday night game against the Chicago Bulls who are three and six since the Vucevic trade Uh, and then the Grizzlies will see them again on Friday when they start that seven game road trip sandwiched around the two Chicago games will be a Wednesday night date against the Dallas Mavericks so that's what's going on with PD's points and uh, time for a little 901 knowledge now Memphis 901 FC is in the United Soccer League. They will be embarking on their third season playing at AutoZone Park in downtown Memphis. Tim Mulqueen was their first coach. He coached the first year and coached the majority of the second season for 901 FC. However, the results were not there, and Tim Mulqueen was relieved of his coaching duties late last season. Ben Pierman, who had been the assistant coach, was elevated to the interim head coach position, and late last week he was formally announced as the new head coach of Memphis 901 FC. Ben Pierman uh, is a Michigan State man. He was an assistant coach at Michigan State and also Uh, coach professional soccer in the city of Detroit before coming to Memphis to be part of 901 FC. Last three matches for 901 FC, Ben Pierman helped the side to two victories and one defeat in those final three matches. Offensive production was much better. Team really responded to his leadership, and they're hoping that that will continue into the 2021 USL season. All right, it's time now for a little 901 knowledge. Let's get it with Ben Pierman. Uh, ben, first of all, congratulations on getting the job. You finished last season as the interim. What was the process like during the offseason in working with Tim Howard and making the decision ultimately that you would be the manager going forward on a full-time basis? Yeah, obviously the, the 2020 season ended very well, um, and we wanted to immediately hit the ground running October 4th, um, preparing for the 2021 season, and then just all the uncertainty that goes along with COVID and finances and league planning and infrastructure and you name it, um, just built a little bit of uncertainty into everything. Obviously, my own position, what would I be uh, moving forward to the 2021 season? But once we got operating full go, um, you know, I I presented what I would like to do as the head coach to, to the bosses and said, this is um, what I would like to do and, and why, you know, I would 
there's a ton of good coaches out there. There's, there's no doubt about it. You, you look all over the world, every ethnicity, every level, there's a lot of top coaches out there. Um, and I kind of just made the case of what, what was unique about me. And, and one of those things was um, I consider myself a Memphian. I've only been here two and a half years, but you know, my wife and I, we, we live downtown. We love the city. We love the Memphis culture. I'm from Detroit. I, I see a lot of similarities, um, you know, and, and I said, I want to bring that to this club. I want to bring a chip on my shoulder. I want to bring a blue collar work rate. I want, I want our fans and our supporters that have been through a lot over the last two plus years, plus, you know, a, a tough off season of uncertainty for them as well. I wanted them to enjoy um, the product that we put on the field, which is first and foremost, hard work, um, you know, being nasty, being, being an incredibly tough opponent to play against, but also playing a good brand of football, um, making things exciting for our fans. And, you know, I, I, I know we increased not just like shots and goals and crosses and things, but I think that, I think that the other aspect of that at the end of the season increased as well, such as, you know, just fight determination. We went, we went down a goal against Louisville. Yeah. We lost the match, but we came back against the best team around and, and we really, we made it tough on them and they, they suffered. We went down against Charlotte and, and we, 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 we really kind of put the pedal to the metal and throttled them a little bit in that match. And then our last match against Birmingham, a big rival, we, um, you know, we could have, we, we went into halftime thinking we'd be up one, one nil and it ends up one, one. Um, and then we just ramped it up from there. So, so those are not just, you know, tactics and philosophies, but we want to bring a mentality that, that our supporters and the, this community can rally around. Yeah. Any organization or any sports team that has any success is going to have an identity that, that they can play to. And that, and that tough Memphis identity is, is one that you want to instill with this, with this club. Um, speaking of Birmingham Legion, you are going to open the season with them uh, May 15th. You are going to open the season with five straight fixtures away. Uh, how big of a challenge is that going to be trying to get everything set up? You still have to fill out a roster and get ready to play Birmingham Legion in, in, in mid-May. And, and here we are almost mid-April. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some loaded questions there. These are tough to answer, but um, you know, look, everything, there are barriers in the way of us being successful. You know, we started late. We, you know, we don't might not have the budget that Phoenix or Louisville do. We got to do this. We got to do that. Right. Every, everything's a barrier. So for us, the amount of players that we have right now, that that's just a barrier. We're, we're signing players. We, we will be fully loaded, ready to rock and roll. Um, first five matches away. That, that's no joke. That, that is very tough. If you look at the um, history and the culture of teams that do that on the road, whether it's MLS, Toronto FC has done it multiple times. Um, in 2019, Hartford Athletic did the first eight matches on the road. It's tough. It, there's, there's, no, there's no way to get around that, but there, it's five times 90 minutes. Um, you know, we, we need to be ready to play, and we will be. Um, part of that process is improving. Part of that process is growth and getting better. Part of that process is winning football matches. So we're going to go into Birmingham and then Oklahoma and you name it, the five matches. We're, we're going to be ready to play. So uh, Tommy does a great job with Birmingham. They're, they are not only a playoff team, but they're, they are a perennial big dog. Um, and and they've, they've made some, some signings that have turned some heads and, and we're going to be ready to go up against them and give it everything we have. But my expectation is that in all of these 32 games, I, I expect to win them all. Are we going to? Clearly not. Um, but you, you pick out an opponent on that schedule and tell me a game that we can't, 
that we shouldn't show up to. You know, you pick a game that we can't win. The other thing that's in addition to the first five matches on the road is that we're playing 14 matches in the last two months. Um, you know, the so there's 19, right? So 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 what's that? 13 remaining. That's uh, you know we've it's it's I kind of break it up into three sections of the season. So we'll be ready. We will be dialed up. We will be ready to go. Um, you know, this group is eager. Today was like Christmas morning, um, you know, and, and we've got a long way to go to continue to build out the roster, as you said, but it's, we're way closer to that than you would think. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm excited for this group. They are hungry. Um, they share the same philosophy that I do, which is they want to give back and, and put themselves in the best um, position on the field, but they also want to give back to this community and, and our, um, you know, really our unwavering supporters. And I know that you and Tim have been very, very hard at work getting players on the roster, uh, a signing that I, uh, that I liked. I, I, I like the signing of Kadeem Dakers. I mean, I've been very impressed with what I've seen him in USL Championship play. Mark Segbers comes back to the roster as well. So a couple of really solid players there. And then you add Roland Lama. Tell us a little bit more about him because he has tremendous international experience uh, and MLS experience. Yeah, I think if you look at it uh, holistically, Director Howard's done a very good job um, being a director facilitating things and in, in, in doing what he does well with his connections and in his, um, you know, his vision of how this club should, should operate on and off the pitch. Um, you know, I'd be remiss not to mention our assistant director, James Rowling. He and he and I have, have been animals, absolute animals, the, the, the really the past six months, but really, um, you know, since about February 1st, recruiting guys, like you mentioned, Kadim, Kyle Murphy, um, these these guys that we've signed in the offseason to bring them in. Mitch Guitar is a guy that I coached when he was 16, 17 years old in, in Michigan. Um, you know, you you mentioned Mark Sackler is coming back. We've got four returning players that were we're beyond excited to have them back. Leston and Raul, the OGs from, from 2019. Um, you know, Zach Carroll obviously have a big relationship with, you know, for us, um, Roland is is a special player. There's no around that. He's he's a top player what people don't realize and what I hope our community understands very soon is he is a top human being as well. He is very gentle, soft-spoken, and he is in it for this team. He's not in it for himself. He's not in it for anything else, but to go out there and win games and really help some of the younger players develop, which hopefully you'll see, you'll see coming over the next few weeks, but Roland's a top player. Um, you know, we did a lot of due diligence in, in getting him, um, you know, even with the, the the tough constraints of some of the budgets, again, barriers that may or may not get in the way, but Roland is a top player that we are very excited to have. So what's the timetable now in terms of when you can bring players in and when you will actually start formal training, getting ready for that opener against Birmingham? Yeah, um, we've, we started training today. Um, you know, we had 17 players at training today. We're already going to be up four more tomorrow. So that that's going to be a continued work in progress. Players are coming in. There's, there's, as you could imagine, COVID puts a lot of uh, barriers on things, guys getting into the country, guys traveling, um, even just executing certain contracts and stuff. And that's why we do have, you know, top president and, and, and directors at this club. So for us, um, it's very natural for players to come in um, at, at different times. We've tried to streamline it and get everybody here, um, you know, the first to report and do the quarantines and all that and train today. So for us, we're, we're pushing forward. We are, we are beyond excited about the group that we have and the group that's coming in. Um, but for us, we're, we're still getting after it. We're still, 
call it a recruitment phase, call it, you know, contractual phase, whatever you want. Um, we're still making 901 FC a better club. And, and I think some of the players that we are signing, hopefully give our fans uh, something to really get excited about. I look at the roster on the website and I don't see Tim Howard's name. Has Tim decided that uh, he's not going to be in goal anymore this year, that he's going to be full-time sporting director? Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's the, Tim. <laughs> he can Tim, call it if he wants it. Right. Right. Yeah. He's the big <laughs> boss. He's the big boss. He's an owner. He's a, he's, he's the director. He's, he is singularly focused right now on, on this team um, getting ourselves to where we belong, which is across that line in the playoffs. What does everybody do in, in life? You want to be the best at what you do, which means lifting trophies. There's 31 teams in the league. We're only, there's only one team that's going to lift a trophy. Um, we'd love to be it. We, we know that that's a very tall task, but tall task number one is getting into the playoffs. So we are um, everybody, uh, director Roll, or director Howard, assistant director Rowling, myself. Um, we are, everything here is going to be done with excellence. Um, everything here is going to be at the highest standard, um, whether that's, you know, the owner and the president all the way on down to the kit man and the physio and the janitors. It does not matter. We are all focused on one thing and that's improving every single day being as excellent as we possibly can. And if we do those processes well, we will be a playoff team, but we've got a lot of work to do, obviously. Now, ben, I really appreciate the time. I'm, I'm glad that the job came your way because the team did respond to your leadership and, and really did come together in the final matches of the season and, and put on a very exciting and successful product that was getting results. And so I'm, I'm very, very happy for you and looking forward eagerly to seeing the, uh, the boys on the pitch at uh, AutoZone Park. No, I appreciate Appreciate that. And again, not, not just yourself, but a lot of um, the media in Memphis. I really appreciate the support from you guys. And, and so do, so does our club. So do our supporters. And, you know, again, I think I'd be remiss not to mention that this is a, this is a community collaborative effort and you're a big part of that. And our club's a big part of that. And, and, and I think our supporters are going to be very excited about some of the things that we're going to do this year. And our thanks to Ben Pierman for stopping by and helping us with 901 knowledge recently named officially as the head coach of Memphis 901 FC of the United Soccer League. Club really embraced his leadership, embraced his style, and I think he's a perfect fit for Memphis, particularly the way that he wants to approach things, and I wish Ben nothing but great success here in Memphis. Well, today's program is being brought to you by Garner Framing Company, and they asked the question, if there was one thing you could do, one bold action you could take, one inspired choice you could make, one investment guaranteed to transform Memphis. Would you do it? Well, if that answer is yes, here's your chance because the Grizzlies Foundation is looking for Memphians to be the difference in a child's life by becoming a volunteer mentor. There are 800 youth in Memphis waiting for your decision today, so don't delay. Join the movement. Become a mentor at grizzliesfoundation.org. This message brought to you through the generous support of Garner Framing Company. They've been serving Memphis for 70 years, and they're a proud supporter of the Memphis Grizzlies Foundation. They're doing their framing consultations right now by appointment. Call them at 901 901- 685-7796. Regardless of what your framing project is, I guarantee you that Chris Garner and his crew will do an absolutely magnificent job and you will be very pleased with the results. So we thank Garner for their support of the Grizz Weekly Grind and the Grizzlies Charitable Foundation. All right, that brings us to the final segment of episode 28 of the Grizz Weekly Grind. Uh, we visit with Mike Breen, part one of our conversation in our Friend of the Program segment, covered the New York Knicks and what Tom Thibodeau has meant to that organization. And in the second half of our conversation, we talk about his view of the NBA overall, and we also get his take, his uh, his analyst bucket list, if you will. Mike has worked with some of the best analysts 
in the game, there are some with whom he has not worked. If he could work with somebody that he's never worked with before, well, we'll get the answer. We'll also get the answer to my analyst bucket list. And that is on today's friend of the program with the voice of the New York Knicks and the NBA on ESPN, Mike Breen. Mike, let's talk about the league because you you kind of get the helicopter view of the NBA because you do games for ESPN. Brooklyn has been fantastic when they have been healthy. The Lakers have been fantastic when they have been healthy. Are, are we headed for a Brooklyn Laker finals, assuming everybody's healthy, or are there other teams that uh, that would threaten that? Well, I, I think there's a possibility, but Pete, you know this. I mean, you just you can't predict anything this year. <laughs> You know, it's it's so unprecedented, the circumstances that are around. Even the, the elite teams are going through stretches where you're scratching your head saying, how did that happen? Um, both, you know, the highs and lows for every team. Even Utah went through a little bit of a rough rough patch, but they're the exception because the Lakers and the Clippers and, and Brooklyn and Philadelphia and Milwaukee, they've all gone these, these roller coaster rides. And a lot has to do with, uh, availability. So that's still number one. I'll say this. If everybody's healthy, uh, I think Brooklyn is the favorite in the East. If everybody's healthy in the West, I have no idea because I think, I think Utah, uh, the Lakers, the Clippers, I think Denver as well. And I don't know if I'm ready to put Phoenix in the same category, but they can beat anybody in a playoff series. So the West is so wide open. Uh, the East, I think, is is pretty much down to three teams. But Brooklyn, that firepower, Pete, have you ever seen three players? I, I know the Clay Thompson, the Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant, they're up there. But those three offensive players on Brooklyn right now, if they play together and are healthy, uh, they're unguardable. Yeah, they would be a fantastic finals matchup for whoever they face. And you're right, in the West, it's crazy. I, I like Denver, I'm not sure that they're a finals candidate. I think what Nikola Jokic has done with the progression of his career to being a, a, a triple-double guy, I think, has, has been fantastic. And you're right, Phoenix is a great story. Uh, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Monty Williams as a, as a Notre Dame guy and just a class individual and is doing a great job there. One of the things that I want to ask you, Mike, because you've worked with a wide range of analysts and some of the very best in the game, is there anybody on your bucket list? Because I, I know that I have a bucket list of people that I work with. I was so blessed to work with Steve Snapper Jones for a few years in Portland. I would love to do a game with Hubie Brown. Uh, I would love to do a game with Doris Burke. You have done games with both of them. Is there anybody on your list that if, if you could have a, a, another analyst that you've never worked with but would like to, who would it be? Well, it's funny. You met, we, we mentioned Billy Packer before when I was uh, a teenager in my 70s and then the 80s. You know, I was a crazy college basketball fan as well as the NBA. And I thought Billy Packer was just I thought he was brilliant. And I always wished that I could could do a game with him. I always wanted to call, you know, had the dreams of doing a final four with Billy Packer. Uh, I thought that was great. And then the other one, and I've been fortunate to become uh, good friends with him, is Bill Raftery. Um, we've done some things together, but we never called a game together. And, you know, he did a lot of NBA back in the day with the Nets. And now he's just, uh, he's just the absolute best. He's another one I, I would love to call a game, but I understand where you're coming from with, with Yubi and Doris. Um, Yubi's like a, he's like a father to me, Pete. He has been such a joy. I've learned so much about him, uh, about the game. 
And um, it's everything you want it to be. Though I, I do remember, I remember the first guy was scared to death the first game I did to him. I so wanted to impress him. I so wanted to do a good job. I mean, I, I think I was even shaking the first game I did to him. So you picked, you picked a great one there. Well, one of, I don't want to say it's a regret because it, it wasn't within my control. But when I came to Memphis as the radio voice in 2004, Hubie was the coach. And only had a handful of games that I could do a radio pregame interview with him. And I always wanted to be super prepared because I knew that he would be super prepared. And I always wanted to ask exactly the right question. But then again, any question to Hubie is like, Hubie, what's important tonight? And, you know, five minutes later, I'd have my pregame interview. It was it was it was done. Um, you work with Walt Clyde Frazier, uh, known as one of the greatest Knicks of all time and noted also as one of the great dressers of all time. Has there ever been a moment? where Clyde's walked into Madison Square Garden and you've looked at what he's wearing and just shake your head and like, Clyde, no, no, not, not a good choice. Well, see, the thing is, it would be a, a horrific choice for you, for me, and for most of America. <laughs> but somehow it works when it's on Clyde. One of, the, one of the cool things, Pete, is all the time, and next time we do a game in the same arena together, you can watch it. The Knicks – who, who see him dressed all the time, they're kind of used to it. They kind of get a kick out of it, and sometimes they love it. But it's the opponents, the visiting team, when they come into the garden and they're on the layup line, and they look over and they're like, what is he wearing? They, the looks on those faces, it's priceless. Now they're pointing to each other, look over there, look over at Clyde. So uh, he just has a way of, of pulling it off time and time again. He, we just um, had a nice birthday celebration for him. He just turned 76 um, he's absolutely amazing. Just amazing how he, he still does comes each night with such joy, loves the game. And he is so beloved in New York. The Knicks just reran an old April fool's video where Clyde was going to sign a 10 day contract and was going to replace Scott Brooks, who was with the Knicks at the time. And I thought you have a future in comedy with the deadpan delivery of how, <laughs> how Clyde broke the news or how the news was broken to you, not by Clyde but by a press release that he was being signed. So do you think you have a, a future in comedy? Well, I, I, um, I got good reviews for those ESPN RV commercials that we used to do where you, you know, you do the deadpan stuff and, and that was good following the script. Um, but I thought the guy who stole the show was, was Scott Brooks at the very end of the piece. If somebody has never seen it, you can get it on YouTube. Just, you know, Google in, uh, Nick's April Fool's Clyde Frazier, and it's about a six or seven minute, the whole thing. It's really well done. The production crew did an amazing job. But Scott Brooks, I think, stole the show. He did. He did. Mike, thank you so much for the time. I can't wait until the time that we can play golf together or at least be in the same arena somewhere. Pete, it's, it's great to see your face and hear your voice. I miss you, buddy. And uh, likewise, I look, look forward to it. And our thanks to Mike Breen for visiting with us on our Friend of the Program segment. Also, thanks to Ben Pierman for helping us with 901 Knowledge on this episode 28 of the Grizz Weekly Grind, which is being brought to you today by the Hoop City Basketball Club. Since 2005, their mission has been to assist young student-athletes in grades 1 through 12 in developing a strong work ethic with discipline, responsibility, and accountability. Hoop City has helped young men be great on the court and in the community. Their alumni include major college and NBA players. For more information on how to become part of this great sports and character-building club, log on to HoopCityBC.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at HoopCityBC, as they say. It's in our blood. It's who we are in Hoop City. So our thanks to... Hoop City Basketball Club, DraftKings Sportsbook, 
and also Garner Framing Company for their generous support, not only of the podcast, but also of the Memphis Grizzlies Foundation. That does it for episode 28 of the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.